Well, Happy New Year, HCC. Happy Lord's Day. Yeah, um, Pastor Greg and Pastor James, they're taking a break, a much-deserved break. And so for those of you that I have not yet met, my name is Tim. And if you're a guest today, we're a special welcome to you. Uh, my wife, Karen, and our two daughters, Maddie and Susie, they're here this morning. We've been hanging around here for a couple of decades now. And I should tell you that uh, we came to HCC back in 2005, and I wanted to ask Pastor Greg about baptism. And I met for Maddie, who is now 18 and sitting over there and is about this big. Uh, but Pastor Greg was so intentional, such an intentional disciple maker, that he wanted to disciple all four of us. And there wasn't even all four of us at the time. There was only three of us. Um, but he's a very intentional disciple maker, and I'm so glad that he is. We made a decision to be baptized right here at HCC in January of 2006. And I've got a picture of what it looked like back in 2006. Looked a little different. I mean, there was nice pink carpet, you know. That uh, in behind was a big fish tank. It really was, and we were baptized in that fish tank in January of 2006, so a real special time of the year for us here at HCC. Now, in 2014, it looked a little bit different here, and I've got another picture for you. I was ordained here in 2014 by your elders, and here's what it looked like then. A lot like it looks like today. And so we went off to plant a church in Dartmouth in 2013, 14, and we were blessed to lead that church for six years. There was 54 people that accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Many are still making disciples today. Some of them actually are here this morning. Uh, so that was an incredible time for us. But now in this current season, we are planting, Karen and I and the girls are planting 419 ministries in Bedford West. And it's a ministry that's focused on disciples that are making disciples. We host a, a monthly men's breakfast, and that happens at a restaurant, and it's a growing number of men that meet each month, and there's some unchurched guys in there, and we get to share the gospel with them over breakfast. It's fantastic. It's an incredible blessing. Uh, we're also leading a life group, and we have this vision for life groups that they will branch, and so a life group starts, and then it multiplies. It branches, and so our plan, our vision for 419 Ministries is that we have one life group that becomes two, that becomes three. And once we have three life groups, we're going to rent some space in Bedford West in the community, and we'll have a presence in that community and be known for serving that community. Now, I'm bivocational, so I also work for Maritime Christian College. And your pastor, Greg, is the chair of the board of MCC, as we affectionately call it. And that means I get to serve churches. I get to guest preach like I am this morning. Sometimes I get to lead worship at different churches. Sometimes I get to help them uh, find a pastor, and we're doing that right now with four different churches, and then I help to onboard those pastors at the different churches. It's an incredible blessing to me. I love it. I, I love the role. Now, there's several HCCers, if you will, that have taken MCC classes. Lots of acronyms in there. Your leadership has all taken classes at MCC. Uh, there's other people here that have taken classes at MCC, and we're offering one that starts next week that's called uh, Disciple Making in the Local Church. And so maybe your 2023 plans include 
taking a course at MCC. If that's the case, I'm the guy to talk to. I can help get you registered, and there's time to get you going. It starts next week. Now, you've probably noticed that everything I've talked about so far this morning has a common theme. It's all about disciples making disciples, right? And here we are in this New Year's Day 2023, pardon me, 2023. First time I said it, I think. And it's that time of year when many of us like to make plans, right? I mean, maybe for you, it's a new job. Maybe it's a change in relationship. Maybe it's adding a new hobby. It could be losing weight. We've been doing a lot of eating. There's more to come today, I understand, at our home, which is a wonderful thing. My plans do include losing some weight. But maybe your plans include what you're going to do different in your church life. And we hear a lot about disciple-making at HCC. On the back wall, I can see it back there now, there's a definition of a disciple. We talk about it a lot. But what's in it for you this morning as you think about this? What's in it for you to become intentional about disciple-making? Could disciple-making be your 2023 purpose? Our text today is from Luke chapter 5. And I want to put it in context for you. If you've got your Bibles, feel free to follow along or on your Bible app. We're going to have it on the screen as well, and I'm going to read it to you. But to put it in context, Simon, who's also called Peter, he's having a really bad morning. And there's two sets of brothers. There's Simon, uh, Simon, Peter, and Andrew, and there's James and John. And they're back from a fishing trip, and they're going to have a debrief. And we know they've already met Jesus. We know this from reading the Gospel of John. We know that they've been hanging around with him for for quite some time. But in Luke chapter 5, we read about how Jesus officially called Simon Peter to follow him. Now, these guys, they've been out on the water all night. They've been fishing. They've caught absolutely nothing. And they fish for a living. So I don't know about you. If I go fishing and I don't catch something within an hour, I am out of there. So you can imagine the mood Simon Peter's in at this debrief. Here he is, he's scrubbing the nets and he hears these voices coming and there's a whole crowd coming towards him and he's like, oh, it's Jesus. And I know every time Jesus is around, there's usually a crowd following him. There's always a crowd following him. And so even though Simon Peter, he's obviously having a bad morning, Jesus proceeds to ask him, can I use your boat? Because, you know, it's going to be easier for people to hear me if I'm out on the water and I've got like an amphitheater and, and people can hear me from out in your boat. Now, even though he's having such a bad morning, you, you can imagine, you know, the conversation. It would be like, hey, you don't mind, do you, Peter? Yeah, it's fine, I guess. Thanks, buddy. But here's how it goes in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 3. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. So Jesus preaches. The crowd is amazed, as always. And when he finishes the sermon, he sends the crowds away. And finally, Simon Peter, he can, he can call it a day. You know, he's probably thinking, man, 
you know, fishing all night and caught nothing. At least I can go home and sleep and um, then we'll try it again tonight. So for now, he's just going to row to shore, get some sleep. Hey, Peter. Yes, Jesus? You know what I feel like? I feel like going fishing. Let's put it in some deep water. Let's down, let down the nets and see if we can't catch something. Verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said, Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now imagine Simon Peter, he's got one of those thought bubbles. You know the thought bubbles that go up above your head in cartoons? Okay, I'm exhausted. We fished all night. We didn't catch a single fish. You want to go in the deep water. I know we catch fish in the shallow water. You want to go out the day. I know we catch them at night. And I just finished cleaning the nets. But man, this is ridiculous. Here's how it actually comes out in verse 5. Master, we've, hurt, we've worked hard all night, haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Now, Simon Peter, he, he's the fisherman. Jesus is not the fisherman. And here's Jesus pretending to know more about Simon Peter than Simon Peter does on his own turf. Now, on this New Year's Day, we might say, Jesus wouldn't know about my finances. He wouldn't know about my friendships. He doesn't know anything about the movies I should watch. And he doesn't have any business shoving his way into how I drive or what I look at, or what I spend my free time at, or what I'm like at school, or what I'm like at work. He wouldn't know how to run my life. I mean, I've been running my life for a long time. I've always lived like that. I've always talked like that. I've always done my work like that. I've always told those kinds of jokes. I've always had that kind of attitude. I've always gotten on those kinds of sites. You know the one I'm talking about. And I know how to run my life. I, I'm going to make my own New Year's Eve plans, my own New Year's Day plans, Eve day. And I know what I want to be my purpose this year. After all, Jesus, I've been doing this a long time. But let's go back to Simon Peter. I'm the fisherman, he says. This guy, Jesus, he's not a fisherman. This is my turf. And he reluctantly lets down the nets, all the while knowing it's, this isn't going to work. But in verses 5 to 7, Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boats to come help them, and they came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. See, when we let Jesus get a little closer, man, he does know how to fish. I'm the guy that doesn't know how to fish. I fished all night, didn't catch anything, and look at him, he knows how to fish. Jesus really does know what he's talking about when he says treat others the way you want to be treated. He really does know about relationships. And as I read through his teaching, I realize he, he really does know how to manage money too. He's the one that knows about our friendships. He knows about our marriage. 
He knows about anxiety. He knows about the purpose for my life. In any case, Simon Peter, he's no longer annoyed. He's feeling something else. In verse 8, he says, When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at his knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. See, sometimes when we let Jesus get a little closer, he scares us. And when Simon Peter was annoyed, he said to Jesus, I don't need you, but he's no longer annoyed. At this point, he's scared. And being scared, he basically says to Jesus, you don't need me. There's no purpose for me in your plan. See, Simon Peter, he knew that Jesus could do amazing things on Jesus' turf. But now he's on Simon's turf. And Simon's finding out what Jesus is capable of. He's starting to see Jesus as he really is. And it scares him. I'm a sinful man. You don't need me. Now my 2023 plans can't include you using me for your purpose. Can they? Where are we with Jesus on this New Year's Day? Does Jesus sometimes annoy you? Man, he's always trying to run my life. And I could just run my life just fine, thank you. Or does he scare us? I mean, we know what he's capable of, but how, how can I be a disciple that makes disciples? I mean, look at me. Away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man or, or woman. I think we can sometimes find ourselves afraid to follow Jesus, convinced that he doesn't have a purpose for people like us. But imagine some unfinished biographies. Let's imagine Simon Peter. He just stays in this state of saying, away from me, I'm sinful. And that's the end of his story. His story ends at Luke chapter 5. Let's imagine God comes to Moses. Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh. Tell him to let my people go. And Moses is like, man, I'm not a great public speaker. I'm not doing that. Or God comes to Mary. Mary, I want you to carry the son of God. Mary says, no, I'm a virgin. And her story ends. What if the Bible calls us and we know what the Bible calls us to do to make disciples and we don't follow Jesus? Now, have you ever heard these things? I'm not very good at reading the Bible. I mean, I don't think I could teach my kids. I can't even get my kids together for a half an hour a week. How am I going to do that? Or I know what the Bible says about this habit, but I don't think I can give that up. I know what the Bible says about reconciliation, but I mean, on Christmas Day, Cousin Eddie, how am I, I mean, I didn't do anything, he did it. How am I supposed to reconcile with him? I shouldn't have to do anything. I know Jesus calls us to make disciples, but I don't think I'm very good at it. I mean, that's not my purpose. It's going to take a lot of time. I don't have that. I'm busy at work. Plus, I'm a sinful person. Away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful person. Now, if we pause on those thoughts, Simon Peter doesn't end up walking on water. He doesn't end up giving us his good confession. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. He doesn't give a great sermon at Pentecost. Simon doesn't end up in Rome preaching the gospel in the capital city of the empire. And Peter tells Jesus, you can use my boat, man, but he never tells Jesus, you can use me, and that's end of story. 
Now, we've just watched a lot of movies, right, over Christmas, many of us? Anybody watch A Wonderful Life? You can put your hand up if you want. Anybody watch A Wonderful Life? A couple people, two, three. Um, you guys know the story. I mean, the angel Clarence, uh, first of all, George Bailey's at the end of his rope, and he wishes he'd never been born. And so the angel Clarence takes him to the gravesite of his brother, who had never, who wasn't around, and he says, um, you, you know, he broke through the ice, and he drowned at the age of nine. And George says, no, that, that's a lie. Harry Bailey, he went to war. He won the congressional uh, honor. What was it? The, he got the Congressional Medal of Honor. He saved the lives of every man on that transport. Every man on that transport died, says the angel. Harry wasn't there to save them because you weren't there to save Harry. George had a purpose in that movie. And there are results of being there with a purpose. There are results of disciple-making, and it does have a purpose. Now, mathematically, if one disciple makes three disciples every five years, and if those disciples do the same every five years, in 10 years, there'll be almost 180,000 disciple-makers. Now, if they continue, in 70 years, there are 14 billion disciple-makers twice the amount of the population on earth. So what about you? What's in this for you? God's got a story he wants to write for your life in 2023. You have a purpose as a disciple of King Jesus. So if we let Jesus get a little closer, he gives us a purpose to make disciples. When we follow Jesus, he will change us and we'll be on mission for Jesus. In verse eight, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees. He said, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll fish for people. See, Jesus is using language these guys could understand, go and fish for people. But Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And part of his plan is that disciples will make disciples. Jesus wants us on his team. So instead of catching hundreds of fish, the same fisherman named Simon Peter, he preaches one sermon. And the Holy Spirit catches 3,000 people at that celebration. We call that catch of 3,000 people, by the way, the church, a body of believers. And I think we all want to be part of a church where each person is letting God write their story in 2023. And the results are a growing, healthy church where disciples have a purpose to make disciples. So the final verse of this story is Luke 5.11. So they pulled their boats up on shore. They left everything and followed him. Disciples are following Jesus, changed by Jesus, committed to the mission of Jesus, and the results are huge. Thanks to King Jesus giving disciples a purpose to multiply. So if you take just one thing from the message today, just one thing today, 
King Jesus has given every disciple a purpose to make disciples in 2023 and beyond. What a great way to wake up every day in 2023 committed to the mission of our creator who called you and gave you a purpose.